This is an Area Code podcast. We, I think we're going to go through this every, like, episode. You are. Like, if, if you just say host, we wouldn't have this problem. Because like, it's like, this is your host. It's like, you are the host. And I'm no, the host. we're... Mm-mm, we're both hosts. This is your side chick host, Jasmine Holmes. Alright, hey guys, welcome to Sweet Tea. This is your host, Portia Collins. This is your co-host, Jasmine Holmes. <laughs> Whatever. She does this to <laughs> aggravate me, guys. Like, whatever she can do to aggra- aggravate me, it's like the little sister, because yep. I'm the older one. It's all true. All factual content. What's really bad cool. is that Philip is a youngest child, and he is, like, very uniquely annoyed by me as an oldest child. So, like, when I'm being annoying to him, he's just like, <laughs> stop it! Just stop! <laughs> when we first got married... He would be like, um, babe, uh, could you please not push, put dishes on the side of the sink? And I'd be like, can your face not put dishes on the side of the sink? And he would be like, babe, what does that even mean? He doesn't understand. Huh? He doesn't so understand. You, you're the oldest, right? I am. Are you? I, you am. Are. I am too. I am too. It's true. Okay. Good deal. All right, girl. So let's get to it. What are we talking about today? Okay. So again, this is one of those things where I was ranting and raving to Philip. And what it is, is that every week I have a chat with my patrons. Uh, I'm on Patreon. And so I have a talk with them every week. It's like a and a And I know that they're going to be asking me about the Breonna Taylor verdict. Mm-hmm. And I was ranting and raving to Philip because there were some expletives that I wanted to use that I did not want to be recorded for my patrons, but could only be <laughs> used for my husband's ears. And I was getting so heated and so emotional. And then I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll just FaceTime Portia. And so I FaceTimed you. And then what happened? Ready to record a podcast? And me? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes let's do this <laughs> yeah yeah you know we had, had already kind of mildly chatted about it mm-hmm. i think the day of the verdict yeah and yeah you know i said i was like i don't know you know if i'm ready to have the conversation it to some degree because it's emotional it is you know? it, it is. is very emotional and i'm in a space in my life where i am learning to be okay with not knowing what to think or what to feel Mm -hmm. or it's like the emotionally I'm just so jumbled up sometimes where it's like I don't even know what my response is to this you know of course there there are things that I do have like okay yeah that's not right or I have an opinion on but it's just like trying to wade through all of my emotions and all mm-hmm. of the information mm-hmm. and I was thinking I don't know if I'm ready to have the conversation <laughs> in a mature way right. but I think that this was perfect to illustrate like what we set out to accomplish with this podcast mm-hmm. and so it's learning how to have difficult conversations you know delightfully even so, when the topic is just not 
a delightful, delightful topic. topic. Yeah. 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 You know what? Maybe for our listeners who don't have a background on what happened with the with the case, we can just kind of give an overview. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I don't even know when this. I'm trying to pull up on my phone, but it's hard to say because it right around the time yeah. of George Floyd, mm-hmm. I think that's when I came into the knowledge. Yep. I think she may it may have happened a little bit before it him. did because it was like overshadowed okay. by Ahmaud Arbery's murder. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That was right. getting a lot more coverage at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was, she and her boyfriend are laying in bed at night and the police issued a no knock warrant to search her house mm-hmm. as well as a couple of other ones. Mm-hmm. And they already had the person that they were looking for in custody. In custody. And basically a no knock warrant is where, police officers can just enter your home or your residence without knocking or having to announce their presence before the door is open. Right. And it's used in like hostage situations where somebody's mm-hmm. inside and, and it could be dangerous for them to let you know, or it can also be used. And the, the use of it is normally in drug related cases where they say, you know, they're afraid of people flushing things down the toilet or like getting rid of evidence. And so they mm-hmm. don't announce themselves. Right. And Brianna's boyfriend shot at the police when they kicked in his door. The door. Didn't realize they were police. And they shot back. And they shot Brianna Taylor six times. Now, that's something I didn't know. Yep. I didn't know that it was six times. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah, she she died. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after this happened, and let me actually pause to make sure that I'm giving correct facts. I think I did look it up yesterday with six times. Mm-hmm. But let me just make sure. I guess I didn't, I didn't know exactly how many, but just hearing, even if it is six times, like, well, just and it's like, she had six gunshot wounds, but who knows how many times, times, right, 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 right. Um, wow. Let me just, I'm just making sure first. Okay. Before we Mm -hmm. go on, because I don't want to contribute to long. Misinformation. Right. And and as you're looking it up, I I, I do want to kind of say for our listeners, um, one huge thing about me and Jasmine is we're not quick to speak on things Mm -hmm. without doing the investigative work for ourselves behind the scenes. Yes, we have emotions and feelings relative to the case but we also want to filter those things through as much factual information that we can get and yeah frame our conversations around not like I said not just emotions or what we're feeling but around the facts that we we can discuss we're not just letting it rip and rip and saying whatever it is that we're feeling like we process these things and we talk about it and we deal with it individually before we even come to the table to say, hey, let's talk about this. And I think that that is a very, very important principle that should be an undergirding for every conversation. I looked it up in a publication called The Courier Journal and it says that on her death certificate, it lists her cause of death as multiple in parentheses, five gunshot wounds of the body. On Wednesday, Cameron said the investigation shows Taylor was shot six times. He noted the sixth projectile was lodged in one of Taylor's feet. Six times. Wow. How old was she? In her 30s. I know. 
I know they say that she was an EMT, so... She was... So she had licenses in EMT, but I don't believe she was working as one at the time. Um, but okay. she was working all at right. a hospital. There were all of these... I mean, everywhere. It, it was this huge cultural moment of arrest the cops that killed Brianna... Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. And I talked to an old mentor of mine from back home and we were talking and she was just like, I just, it's so hard because the officers didn't do anything that was against the law. No knock warrants Mm -hmm. are allowed. Mm -hmm. Returning fire in a situation where a police officer has been fired upon is allowed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the conclusion was, I'm just really sorry that this happened. It's sad. It's tragic, but there's nobody really at fault mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say to people who have given that opinion broadly and emphatically is a, is a couple of things. The first one being that somebody is is dead. Right. And so even if the temptation to be the voice of reason, quote unquote, is strong. Mm-hmm. The temptation to be that person who's like, everybody else is shouting and everybody else is like, you know, there's always this person who wants to be the, devil, the devil's advocate, wants to be the reasonable one. And mm-hmm. it, we have to be so careful that our motivations in these conversations is not just to prove how level-headed we are compared to right. every other emotional person. Because it's okay to be emotional when somebody is killed. It is right. okay to be emotional when somebody is killed in their own home. Right. Similar to Botham Jean's murder. It's okay right, right. To, to be upset right. about that. It's okay to, to feel unsettled about that. And it's okay to want somebody to be able to be punished mm-hmm. when terrible things like that happen. But also, this particular conversation that I was having was with someone who does not, who despises the term systemic injustice systemic Mm. race i mean just like just Mm want to raise the hairs on her head just like like Mm -hmm. she mm -mm, mm -mm. we we can't Mm -hmm. we can't have that conversation because if we do we about to be hit over the head with some thomas soul we about to get a we about to get that like larry elder uppercut like it's gonna be really like and then a little a little candace owens like chair to the back of the head action like it is we we are going down if we talk about systemic injustice Mm-hmm. And, and the, the the common thread that I've noticed with a lot of people who mm-hmm. are saying we cannot ruin these cops' lives. They were just following orders. Mm-hmm. They were just doing what they were supposed to do. We can't, you know, th- it's the thing that they have, that they generally, that I find have in common from my little circle mm-hmm. of people, you know, from my little circle mm-hmm. of folks that I'm watching. I do not have, because I know there's some fact mm-hmm. checker on the other side of this podcast who's like, well, not mm-hmm. every, actually. I get it. I hear right. you. And it's not every single person. But I've noticed it enough to notice the irony of someone who claims that there's no such thing as systemic injustice and then saying that when someone is murdered in their own home, it's not a person's problem. It's the system's problem. So either you believe in systemic mm-hmm. injustice or you mm-hmm. don't. Or you don't. Or you don't. Or you believe that there are some laws on the books that need to be struck, or you don't. Mm -hmm. And and so that's kind of Mm -hmm. the, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, okay, walk with me. Talk with me. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I get you. It's like talking out of both sides. Of it is. Mouth, it right? absolutely is because it's like mm-hmm. there's no such thing. Systemic injustice is not a thing. The law is colorblind. Right. You know what's not colorblind is right. no knock warrants. They happen right. way more often in black neighborhoods than any other kind of neighborhood. Right. And you might say, well, that's because more crime happens in black neighborhoods. And then I would say, why are there even black and white neighborhoods? Oh, who decided uh, that? Come on. And then I would also say, like, why are black why are black people disproportionately affected by the the drug epidemic? I might say that. I might also say there there's so many things that I might could say mm-hmm. that wouldn't really point to individual people so much as systemic and societal issues. And so right. I am I am willing. Mm-hmm. There might be stones thrown in my direction, and I and I and mm-hmm. I hear you. And I, if I was on the other side of me, I might throw stones too. I am mm-hmm. willing to have a conversation about the fact that it's really hard to try people for murder when the laws on the book say that what they did is not technically murder. It's difficult. Right. It's difficult to get that right. case, you know, mm-hmm. passed. It's difficult. It's difficult right. to arrest the cops to kill Bianca Taylor. When the and then law it's, says that what they did is perfect. Right. Fine. And it's difficult to right. try and convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor because we because because the issue is deeper than the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Where I have an issue with the discussion is when it's with people who claim that there's no such thing as a systemic issue until it's time to blame the system in order for people who murdered someone to not to be exonerated. To be exonerated. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. and again, mm-hmm. and again, and again, I hear you on the other side of the I hear it. I hear it. I hear the voices because I grew up with these voices. I was the only black girl in the room all the time growing up. And I have been around these conversations since Hannah was a pup. I remember just like my first introduction to this entire conversation was Trayvon Martin. And mm-hmm. everybody around me was just like, well, what was, but what did he do? Right. You know, what did he do? And so I hear, I like that, that track plays mm-hmm. in my head every time something like this mm-hmm. happens it plays in my head and so it's playing in my head as i'm talking right now i'm of two minds right now because i hear you you know well are you are you are you saying are you saying that we should abolish all no knock warrants because that'd be really dangerous or are you saying that that we should throw men in jail for following orders because that that would be really dangerous are you saying that this is a really complex issue here's what i'm saying mm-hmm. let me say it clearly so that everybody can hear what i'm saying if you don't believe that the cops who killed Breonna Taylor should go to jail. Either you're okay with the fact that police can burst into people's houses in the middle of the night without knocking, even if those people are not criminals, and can and can expect beyond mm-hmm. the shadow of a doubt that they're not going to be shot at, mm-hmm. or you think that the system has an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both cannot be true. One of them is true. Either what happened is completely justified and fine, and Breonna Taylor's just like, and hey, you know what? Sometimes you just you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. Or human life is valuable, and there's a systemic issue at play that needs to be addressed. Right now, you're hitting on where my thought process has been. Truth be told, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, but the world's perception of how this should have handled should have been handled. I don't have really. I don't have many expectations for how Mm -hmm. I think the world's response to this should be. What's upsetting to me is what the church's response has been 
to this. Yep. And so this week I was reading, and you may have saw my Instagram post, but my sister-in-law does a, a small group and we're reading In His Image by Jen Wilkin. Mm-hmm. And this <laughs> this week's chapter was entitled God Most Just. And we were mm. talking about how God is like, when it comes to justice, he is like the epitome of it. And what this chapter really was, why it was so comforting for me, and it really drew me, you know, back to scripture. I do have a passage that I, well, a verse that I want to kind of read. Yeah. In fact, before I even go into my thoughts, let me read this verse from Micah, the sixth chapter, the eighth verse. And I am reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It says, Man can't, mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. But I think the thing that I have, that I struggle with, with the response that I've seen from many believers, in this case and in others, is the first thing of, well, what did he do? Or what did she do? Mm -hmm. As opposed to addressing the issue that first and foremost, a person's life has been taken. And these are some questionable circumstances as opposed to immediately blame shifting or trying to find wait a minute emory okay you can't come in look at this we got some nice little interrupting you got your, you got your turn where, where where is daddy where is daddy he's cooking okay go get him you, you gotta help him cake. cook emmy go you get some go cake help him cook, help him cook. Okay, well, mommy's recording a podcast, okay? Okay. All right, well, hang on one minute for me. Mikael, go get daddy for me. Go help daddy cook. Thank you. <laughs> You're so sweet. You're all like, go help daddy cook. And, and I'm all like, boys? <laughs> I'm like trying to Which make... I- trying to make mine laugh (laughs) right that's what i said you totally were joking with i know i try to make i try to make them laugh by being crazy (laughs) i I, I can't do that with her because she's gonna be hyped up look she's fussing too hopefully her dad i told her dad i was in girl some some other my friend always jokes with me because she's like some other mother would be talking to her like you would walk up to another mother's child and talk to him like that and he would burst into tears and right. yours are like lol obviously mom's right. joking right it is the relationship that we have with our kids so you know right. look she opened that door and i was like whoa fam what's going on <laughs> anyway okay yeah so like i was saying my, my response has the response that i've seen from many believers is disheartening because i feel like it, it is immediately instead of there being an element of compassion mm-hmm. or even you know more consideration for a life that was lost it's automatically like well did they deserve to have their life taken away which well because people want to be safe they they want they want her death to be her fault so that they don't have to face the issue of all of the can of worms that gets opened up if it wasn't right it's easier if she did something to warrant her own death right and we're all about ease I agree. And I also, but also I think too, we take the easy way out Mm -hmm. in regard to 
God's standard absolutely and man's standard. Absolutely. And so that has been the larger issue for me. So yes, this may have been permissible within the law of the land, but as it pertains to God's standard, is this really justice? Absolutely. What Was this executed in a just and a righteous way? And my problem is I'm inclined to say with most of these cases, no, they're not, th these things are not being handled. Mm -hmm. And I'm not expecting the world to be Christians, but I am expecting Christians to shed light and to Absolutely. show the world mm -hmm. and, and, and to correct and to say, okay, yeah, no, nah, this is not how this should have played out. But in most cases, I see people who claim to be believers responding as if they don't know what grace or mercy or true, you know, biblical justice yep. is. And it's like you're weeding in. So on, in one side of your mouth, you say, just preach the gospel. But then on, at the other side of your mouth, well, this was permitted by the law of the yep. land. And I'm like, yep. dude, if you're going to preach the gospel, preach all parts of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, like, don't just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I This is where I get super emotional. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, it's like you want to use the gospel as a way to shut people up on one hand but mm -hmm. then you want to use mm -hmm. it as a pass well the that's the thing hand. they're using the gospel for their glory and their ease right. and not for god's glory because if we're using it for god's glory it right. forces consistency from us yes yes and i just we and also i feel the need to like poke in here and that mm -hmm. our that link will be in the show notes brianna taylor was not a drug dealer neither right. was her boyfriend Neither right. of them have that on their records. I have right. seen so many people defame this woman's name and right. her boyfriend's name. Right. This stuff is not on their records. And he legally had his gun, to my understanding. Yep. Was it was it legal? So once again, here we go with also, the same you know who say, I have. I have a yeah. I, say, I, I haven't have heard right from the NRA. Haven't heard yeah, from the I NRA. Right. I have a right to bear arms. Mm -hmm. I have a right to do this and that. And Come and take guy, them. Don't tread on right, me. This, right. Mm -hmm. This guy's being villainized for doing what a lot of people advocate for. I have a right to have a gun. If you bust up on my pro property, I'm going to shoot you. And I'm going to handle it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's like the inconsistency. And, and like it's I said, overall, I think, like I said, what we need to start looking at is especially believers if you okay i get the law of the land but there are points where we need to address our law of the land and say okay this grossly falls short of the standard that god has called us mm -hmm. to and i'm not seeing that i'm sorry i'm not seeing that people honestly they've elevated the law of the land as the standard and it's not it's not god calls us to more it's only the standard when, when when our political tribe says it's a standard, honestly. I mean, because I, everybody's okay to critique the law on a certain point, just mm -hmm. not at the point where it makes us uncomfortable. Yep. And that's like, yep. it's just, it's hard. It's hard. And it's one of those things where, you know, you start talking about these issues and people are like, oh, so you're voting for Biden. And it's like, wait, what? What? Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, what? How? What? Before people, <laughs> listen. Before 
I don't care what conversation, if I mention anything as a black woman, if I say anything with race, before I even say that, now mind mm-hmm. you, I'm I'm living in the Jim Crow South, baby. You are too. You we in the same state, Mississippi. Same. I am I am in the Delta. More often than not, people automatically assume that they know my political mm-hmm. ideology mm-hmm. based on the color of my skin. When really, if I want to be truthfully and transparent right here. I don't fit anywhere. I don't either. I, I, I don't fit because I have a biblical worldview and I don't think that that is synonymous with either of the major parties. Yeah. And I felt that way for years. And there are people who are black who get pissed off at me. There are people who are white mm-hmm. who misunderstand me because I say that ultimately my authority is not the Democrat or the, or the Republican party. No shade. They can do what they want to do. But ultimately, my authority is God, and I stand on God's word. And yeah. if you really are honest about what we see exemplified in both parties, mm-hmm. it is not representative of true Christian values. Right, and don't know? don't try to box me in. Right, like, don't try to when I say that I am I am heartbroken that a young woman was killed standing in her own home. Mm-hmm. And heartbroken that there can be nobody brought to justice for that. Mm-hmm. Don't box me in. Right. You need to feel the same way. I'm uh, right. I'm 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 gonna say that we we should all feel the same way. Right. Regard. We may all think that there are different answers. Right. We may all think that there are different tactics to take. We may agree or disagree with the verdict that took place. So, but let's here- start with compassion. Right compassion and look this is where i'm gonna go this is where we are really talking about what's ingrained in our minds and our thought processes and i i want to push the envelope here how different could this possibly be if this was a white woman and a white man i just really really think that the narrative would be much different it would be super hard for that to be the narrative though since most no knock nor warrants take place where it's a black woman and a black man so even the thought that a black person cannot be asleep in their own bed without thought of because Mm -hmm. no knock warrants came along with the quote-unquote war on drugs in the 80s and before anybody again i have it's portia i promise you i can hear them right now well thomas soul candace owens i know that the people who criminalized drugs to the extent that they're criminalized now were a bunch of black politicians i know Mm -hmm. and i still don't like it (laughs) (laughs) what the heck does that have to do with anything people are like people like well you know that was actually a bunch of black people okay Right. Does it, it still doesn't still problematic. Oh, you thought I didn't right. know? You thought you were gonna right. like you thought you were gonna Yeah, no. Right. What is a documentary? Um Ava's documentary. Thirteen? Yes. Yeah. Really good one on the history on that. But the yeah, it, it's hard to even put myself in a world where it could have been mm-hmm. a white man and a white woman because under what circumstances but it just makes me feel like yeah. I, guess I, I i think about the level of benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that's given based on somebody's skin color like yep. and y'all I'm, i i promise I'll, if anybody if you know me like in real real life you know i am not one of those people where i'm very careful when i have race 
related conversation. Super careful. She drives I'm, me I'm crazy sometimes. To, I know. I'm sorry. I'm like, Portia, get mad. <laughs> I know. I, and honestly, it, I, I am upset. It's yep. just I'm, I try to be very careful with what I let out. But what frustrates me is I have, as a woman who has experienced this, hmm. like I could say what makes me know that it is real is because I have experienced, I have been just as qualified, just as educated, mm -hmm. just as much integrity, and I've had people to villainize me, and I've tried to find a reason as to why, you know, like, literally, people have come to me and say, well, such and such, who is a white woman, mm -hmm. we're same age, same education mm -hmm. level, all of this, but she said it, this is, it's supposed to be done this way, and I'm like, well, who, how, how does she get to make the standard? Right, why is she the like, You know what I'm saying? We, we've both been working in this profession for this amount of years. How does, who, who said that she's right and I'm wrong? And it's, it's just automatically brought that way. And I was like, dude, if I've never been, and, and th these are recent events. And I was like, if I've never been more yeah. aware of what it means to be a black person, a black woman mm -hmm. in America, I am painfully aware now because I was the person who would really stand back from these conversations a whole lot and be like, well, you know, there may be a lot of dynamics or moving pieces that yeah. I don't know about until it happened to me. And then I was like, the, the only thing that's different really between me and this other person is the color of our skin mm -hmm. and so i'm automatically approached with just a natural inclination that i'm gonna do something wrong or something sneaky or i'm not as you know qualified yep and like really y'all i just really want listeners to hear this people i really want you to just hear that and sympathize with it yeah to, to know that it hurts right to feel this way and and I think this is what and I knew that I was gonna get super duper weepy, but I think this is what bothers me the most with the Breonna Taylor case mm. is that this woman, I've seen so many people not even have any level of no. empathy or it's mm. like, well, her boyfriend shouldn't have put her in this position or this and that. And I'm like, this girl is dead. You know. Her Life family. No, and, and my thing is, here's the thing also, if it wasn't something to some degree wrong about this, the family wouldn't have got $12 million. Okay? So there has to be some level of wrongness or they wouldn't have gotten $12 and million. We all, from we all know there's some level of wrongness to this. And, right. But if some of us are trying to, trying to pin it on the cops and arrest them. Some of us are trying to pin it on Bronna Taylor by calling her a drug dealer. And some of us are trying to pin it on the system. But all of us know that something right. wrong happened right. that night. And so let's right. just get over the cognitive dissonance of that right. and start over at the right. beginning, which is that something wrong happened. Someone yeah. died. Died over like something. And I, I'm just, I can't wrap my mind around that, Jasmine. Like it bothers me so bad. I mean, it shouldn't have happened, but just the aftermath of this, mm -hmm. the fact that there have been people who have, you know, vocally stood up and said, this shouldn't have happened and we need to address this. And there are folks who still want to demean and degrade and just no value for her black life. Because I feel like if this yep. was a different 
then it, the, the the response, the emotion would be a bit different. But it's like, she's a black woman. So therefore, there is some association of negativeness. Mm-hmm. Like something had to have been not right for this to happen in the first place. All the time. And people that, just that, don't. Like I when, I, when I wrote Mother to Son, people have read it and I've had, I've had people be like, man, you're really specific with your stories. Like, are you like, you are very like detailed. And I'm like, honestly, it's because I've been called a liar so much in my life when I bring up things that I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me, cause I'll be trying to be, you know, there was this friend this one time who said this thing that was kind of racist and it hurt my feelings. Well, what'd she say? Well, how'd she say it? What was her tone right. when she said it? Are you sure? Right. Are you sure? To where in mother to son, I was just like, you know what? Yes, I am sure. Here's some details for you. And it just, you know, it's it's so hard because as a black woman, you're just constantly questioned. I mean, people are just, oh, you're just emotional. Oh, you just you just want to find racism under Mm -hmm. every rock. Oh, you just want to. I don't. Gaslighting, man. Yeah, it's like my kids are growing up in this world. So no, I don't want to find racism under every rock. I would love it if I knew that they were growing up in a world that was just towards little brown skinned boys. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. That that would be my preference. Mm-hmm. And I think that just like when when things like this happen, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, just a few names in the last year. There are more names. Awesome. There are more awesome names. Job. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it brings to the surface so many things that we grapple with mm-hmm. and think about and war with as a community Mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that. And I think the purpose of this podcast is not to, of this particular episode, is not to get you guys to sign a specific petition that is a specific call to action. Because we realize that all different kinds of people across the spectrum are going to see different points of action in this Mm -hmm event our Mm -hmm. goal isn't even to spur you to action our goal is to spur you to thought to compassion to just basic christian charity yeah because it is so important to pause and realize that a life was lost on that day Mm -hmm. a black woman did not get to wake up the next morning not because she resisted arrest or ran from the police or did what no, 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 no. She right. was asleep in her home. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's almost as though like we, there, there, there's this constant narrative of like, oh, if you just comply, oh, if you mm-hmm. just do this, oh, if you just do that. And these stories mm-hmm. keep coming out. And so then the list of things that you have to do in order not to be killed gets longer and longer and more detailed. And then it's like, it gets to the point where it's like, so what you mean with all that stuff is just like, don't be a black person living in their black bodies in the United States. And then you definitely won't have to worry about becoming a hashtag. Right. Right. It's disheartening, man. It's heavy. And I don't know. It just makes me, it grieves me deeply. Whether people know it or not, I spend a lot of time in prayer a lot of times just lamenting and crying out to God because I feel like 
there's there are no answers anywhere else right now there there aren't there aren't and it and i you know my cry has been to god that lord you know bring revival to your church Mm -hmm. you know there there needs to be like we should be the light we should be showing the world how to deal with situations like this and i'm just not you know i'm not seeing that and that grieves me that grieves me we're not the example we are the followers not the leaders and more often than not what we're following is whatever the party line Uh, honestly really what what we're following is our own glory Mm -hmm. you know last night i taught on worship and once again i cried and i wept because more often than not what i'm seeing is a church that says in name that i'm seeking god's glory that says that we're sold out for the lord and you know we are dying to ourselves we say that but then i see a bunch of people who are actually still seeking their own glory still i even just look when i'm going through twitter sometimes and i don't know maybe it's just the level of discernment that god has brought me to but i can read some tweets and i'm like this was done just for the purpose of chiming in on a conversation to try to build my own little Mm -hmm. you know platform Mm -hmm. like just not edifying but just trying to share it like it it wasn't about god's glory it was about the glory of self and Oh, oh man I, I understand how prophets like jeremiah and isaiah and all of them felt mm. preaching and teaching to a people whose hearts were so far away and they thought they had it right like there's a passage yeah. in jeremiah where jeremiah was telling these people look this is the the what you, this is the wrath that, that you're about to experience and they would come back right around there and be like oh no that's not true. What you're like, saying is not Yeah. Or like Habakkuk. I just did Minor Prophets mm-hmm. last year or last summer. <laughs> Habakkuk was just like, God, look at all those people out there. What are you going to judge them? They're doing this. They're doing that. And God was like, you mean like Israel? Huh? Like huh? I'm reading. I just finished Numbers and I'm in Deuteronomy and just mm-hmm. getting so much law, so much law. <laughs> 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 and just seeing such a prime and pristine example of the holiness of God and everything Mm. that has Mm. to happen so that I, a sinful person, can be brought near to him. Mm. That is, this is my first time reading the law and seeing that deeply without just being like, yeah, 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 we get it. Leviticus is hard to read, okay, but Jesus came and then he wiped it all out, great. But then it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like, what did Jesus actually accomplish? He he didn't just wipe it out, he fulfilled it. Like, that's just... He wasn't just like, never mind, doesn't matter. No, 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 no. He was like, all of this, yes. I fulfill. All of this, I live. All of this, yes. I am. And then you're like, oh, okay, see. But look in, what he did. I know. Look what he did. Look, look, <laughs> and look what God did. Like, what a storyteller God is where, like, nothing is thrown away. Like, every sacrifice, every law, every like, yes. it all points to Jesus. Like, he is telling a, like, okay, the most controversial thing that I'm probably going to say on this podcast is that I am not a fan of Charles Dickens. I am an English major who is not a fan of Charles Dickens. And it's because he brings up details in the story. And then it's like, Charles, like, what was that for? You never mentioned it again. 
but uh-huh. God, like his story is tight. It's tight. Like it is tight. <laughs> and so I had just yeah. been really like enjoying reading and looking and, and something that I see over and over and over again is he cares for the widow, for the orphan, for mm-hmm. the sojourner. And he wants his people to care Mm-hmm. And he just provides, like, even in his law, it's just crafted in such a way that those people are always cared for, that the the marginalized are always looked out for in God's law and in God's economy. And, you know, for people who claim that, that our nation was built and founded on Christian principles, we're not really good at that. No. No. We're not really good at that. Oh, look, I got a little visitor, too. Hi. Winnie. Hi, Winnie. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. You see, who's that? T-T-T-T. T-T, T-T, who? Can you see me? What's her name? You know her name. I don't. T-T Popo. He can't see me good. He can't see you. In his closet. I can't hear her. I know you can't hear her. All right, give me a kiss. Go on in the house. Well, I don't want to. I know, but what did Dada say? Oh, well, he probably should do what he said, right? But he didn't say that. I bet he would if he was out here, though. Why don't you go check and see what he said? I love you. Oh, the joys of parenting. Uh, you know, I was like, ha Portia's husband's busy. Obviously, mine is too. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like I was saying, you know, what we, how we view or how Christianity is carried out here in America mm-hmm. is so far, so it is. far. And many of us are so oblivious to the fact that we have just, fallen so so far away from god it has it has been so far i think people just think that this happened in the last 50 years i am a history teacher it has been like this for a long time mm-hmm. there were some awesome puritans who came to america do not get me wrong mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but they didn't have it all right they didn't have it all right and the second great awakening mm. why do we call that an awakening again that's all i'm gonna say we have a whole episode about that. We have a whole episode about the Second Great Awakening and George Whitfield and all this because history matters. We little see that it's repeating itself and that we like uh-huh. our foundation is rotten. Like if your foundation uh-huh. of, of being a Christian is American Christianity, then your foundation is rotten. Rotten our foundation mm-hmm. needs to be on the Bible, like on the Word yes. of God preached mm-hmm. and applied, not on American historyism mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call. You know, mm-hmm. but it's our idol. It it's is our, our idol. idol. It's our idol. And it, it, it's a good thing. That's why we get. Well, that's why we. That's why we feel that sense of like I. For all the things that we can say about America, and we can say a lot, mm-hmm. we're allowed to say them. We live mm-hmm. in a country where we're allowed to say them. Right, me and you ain't gonna get our heads chopped right. off. Nobody's gonna. Right, I'm gonna walk out of here into the house that I own and sleep very well tonight because I'm allowed to do this podcast and say things that I'm saying. So don't at all hear us like America hating like. You know, if you don't like it, go live where somewhere else. That's never been our attitude about America. Right. Like, if you don't like something in America, we live in a country where we can say it and then work to change it. That's the amazing mm-hmm. thing about America. That's mm-hmm. the fantastic thing. And so, you know, all that to say, it's easy to take that freedom freedom for granted and turn yep. it into an idol. Like, in order to be an idol, there has to be something right. 
attractive about a thing. And there's plenty attractive about American exceptionalism, especially Mm. when you're not a black woman. But, you know, there's plenty attractive about it. And so I, I I understand that. But anyway, girl, we've been talking and talking and rocking and rolling. And I know. I, gotta, I don't know how. Do I was going to say, yeah, how do we want to wrap this up? Well, I, you know, how, I really to pray, man. Yeah, I, I do. I want us to pray. I want I want to I want to say something. And then I want you to pray because you're the priestess. Um, what I want to say is that Sweet Tea is a forum where the two of us come and give you what we've got. What's on our mm-hmm. plates? What's on our minds? What's on our hearts? And you are getting to look into a conversation between girlfriends who love each other and feel very safe with each other in hopes that watching our conversation and hearing our conversation will encourage you to go forward and have hard conversations with the people that you love in a way that shows that you love them. Yes. The way that I want you to practice love today Saints and anybody else who's listening <laughs> is saints and saints, as Jackie O'Berry says, <laughs> is to love us as you listen. Assume the best of us as you listen. Don't go to our Twitters and try to mine information that proves that we're a couple of leftist, elitist, critical race theory loving slop. Don't do it. Just like hear the words. Take them at face value. If you have a question, ask it like you have some sense. Not like you're my teacher calling me after class because I don't know you. (laughs) But like you're my brother or sister in Christ and we're on the same level. Ask. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. ask or wait for the next episodes because we're going to keep on revealing. We're going to keep sharing. Don't try to put the cart in front of the horse. We get to this point where we don't want to have a relationship with people unless they fill all of our boxes. And we want to check those boxes immediately mm-hmm. by like, who did you, who do you vote for? What church do you go to? What do you, mm-hmm. how about we take it back to the olden days before you could social media stalk somebody and <laughs> you just watch it all unfold and get to know us on our own merits, yes. hear this podcast on its own merits and hear us as two women who care deeply about the death of Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. And they're not asking you to do anything, but to care deeply about the death of this woman. Right. What you do after that, there's a broad spectrum of what you do after that. Right. But start there. Yeah. For the sake of your two brown-skinned sisters in Christ, start there. The only agenda that we're pushing is Christ. Like, seriously. Uh, we want, and the two things that we want more than anything for every listener is to learn how to think critically, but most mm-hmm. importantly, biblically. Absolutely. And sometimes, just like in the Bible, God doesn't give us a verbatim, you know, okay, there are certain things that God says, yes, do this, don't do that. Right, but of like, course. There, there is on a- those things, we're going to be really clear as well. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. But as it pertains to how we apply so much, like you just really have to rely on the wisdom of God, mm-hmm. on the Holy Spirit, and look at the wisdom of of God. And My I would favorite say, verse. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. First Corinthians seven. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, I love it, where it talks about how our minds are being replaced with the mind of Christ. Yes. Just that beautiful picture of the fact that the the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all exist in perfect oneness. Yes. And then they invite us in. In. Like, they're like, these perfect thoughts that we're thinking, you can now think them after us. Mm -hmm. And so our goal is like, we want you 
as believers who are listening, as people who are not safe who are listening, we want you to be saved. Yes. If you don't, listen, we're going to talk a lot about Jesus this week. We are. We're going to talk about him all the time. So if that's not your thing, I understand. And And maybe you'll still listen, you know. But for believers who are listening, our goal is to just display and to encourage the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's our goal here. So we want to talk. We want to like, we want to get you to the well, but you got to drink. Yes. All right. Pray us out, priestess. All right, girl. Father, Lord, we are, we love you and you are good. And we thank you for the privilege of being able to sit down and have conversations, hard conversations like this, God. Lord, I just pray for every listener who is tuning in and people who are just wrestling with all of the things that are unfolding in our country, Lord. Um, I pray that you will draw them closer to you, Lord. Let them know Show them who you are by the truth of your word as you have revealed. Lord, give us hearts that are compassionate. Show us what it really means to live justly, to live in faithfulness and kindness and mercifully, God. There are so many areas where we get, get it wrong and we pray that you just will forgive us for that, for our many sins. Cleanse us, make us new and help us to be a people who represent you in the way that is pleasing and satisfying to you. And it is in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. As a reminder, we want to let you know that Sweet Tea is a podcast produced by the Area Code Network. To learn more or to subscribe to the newsletter, please visit www.areacodenetwork.com. If I knew how to speak in tongues, I'd do it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know you were speaking, girl. <laughs> girl, you're a mess. This is an Area Code podcast.